Welcome to Craft Conversations, where I craft conversation. I talk a little bit about craft beer. I am your host, Brian Dales. And on this episode, we have Fleming Moore. He was on episode, I don't know, I didn't even look it up. I should have looked it up. I think he was on episode 18 or 19, I think we decided, during the show today. So, uh, he's back. We did an episode, uh, he had a gig, and we did an episode up at Homegrown Brewhouse. And Fleming Moore, he's just a great dude. He's a musician. He's a former teacher. Um, he's been in some trouble a little bit, uh, had a little bit of a bomb scare. Um, he was uh, uh, the local bomber here in town, uh, briefly. <laughs> and um, yeah, so listen to this episode and see what in the world I am talking about. Enjoy this episode. And we are live. How's it going, Fleming? Ah, uh, it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's freaking late. That's all I know. Yep. It's... I don't know why I agreed to this, but here we are. Well, yes, <laughs> that makes two of us. Yeah, we just finished up a uh, a wonderful show here at Homegrown Brewhouse um, Thursday night. This is going to be Friday morning, right? Uh, if I put this together <laughs> overnight, because it takes a little while to put things together, but we're talking uh, eleven forty-five at night. Just finished up a great show. You and Tanner and so it's still Ron today. Gill, it's still today. It's still today for a few minutes. Yeah, a few more moments. Yeah, Tanner and Ron and Mark Yampolsky from oh, Forty yeah. Mile Detour. Mark was here too. <laughs> How could I forget Mark? He made a rare trip out here. Oh well, yeah. He comes said, out, uh, what, every couple couple times a month, maybe, if that. Spends yeah. Spends most of his time over in West Ashley, I think. Correct. Maybe, yeah. yeah, he does. He's, he's got a following here in Somerville, so he's uh, a couple venues in town. Where does he play mostly? Here in town. I mean, Coastal Coffee Roasters, right? Coastal, I think, he's yeah. He's played here quite often. Yeah, he plays here. It's Mainly, he, he does. He's the, like the brew brewery tour dude, you know. Holy City, Common House, uh, and a lot of bow ties on James Island. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Seen him out there a couple times here recently. Fantastic. We were actually supposed to get together last Friday, and uh, we never got back in touch with each other. So we were going to do it at the Craft Conversation Studio, but we'll get with Mark eventually. Yep. Sounds good. I know he's wanting to get in here. Yep. And do some stuff. So what's been going on with you, man? Well, <clears throat> changes, changes, changes. I, uh, I'm ending the year unemployed, <laughs> and uh, you know, you want to transition. <laughs> yeah, we could go into that. I, uh, <clears throat> in fact, I'll, I'll share a little song with you about the whole thing at the end of, end of the right. evening. Yeah, but I'm it, looking forward to it. no, it was. Uh, you know, there's a time and a season and a place for everything, and uh, I guess it was my time to go, and uh, I'm I'm glad to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. At so the time, you know, I didn't. Yeah, it's working out. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's not uh, <laughs> ever good to be telling you you're being let go when, but. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it happens with everything, right? I mean, it's not just jobs. I mean, it's relationships. It's uh, school. You know, let you go eventually. Uh, Right. right. Your girlfriend lets you go. Your your guy friend. Boyfriend? Got boyfriend. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of letting go in life. All right. And it's, uh, you know, the thing that I'm disappointed in myself about is that I kind of let it shake my faith in myself and what I'm capable. You know, I don't know the... Financial insecurity thing that I hadn't dealt with in a long time suddenly came rushing into my consciousness, which yeah. I didn't like that feeling. Yeah, that's probably and, one of the number one problems with people, right? I mean, as far as suicides and things like that, or monetary type issues. Right, right. I was just like, oh, wait a second now. I'm going to have to, things are going to be different, you know. I was, uh, but anyway, I've moved on and, uh, I don't know. I think uh, I'm not going to work for institutions anymore. I, I taught school, and uh, I've always been kind of a rebellious guy, and uh, don't work within institutions very well. And uh, the church is an institution, and it's uh, I love the people in the church, but I, I get frustrated with the institution. Sure, you know, yeah. I can agree with that, and and. 
everything you just said, really. Not even just the church part, but right. That's why that's why I'm working here and why I'm trying to get this podcast going. I'm tired of working for institutions as well and abiding by all these rules that we're supposed to abide by and the rat race that is uh, consumerism and and what have you. Right, right, and it's a, a church is a, even a more complex institution because. Uh, I'm going to get deep and philosophical with you now, but, uh, you know, I don't make any bones about it. I know I don't, uh, I'm a lover of Jesus, and I'm not the kind of guy that pushes anything on anybody. I respect all, any God anybody worships, if that's what they want to do. It's not up to me to do it, but churches, I think, are failing all over the place uh, simply because Jesus never intended for for his followers to be uh, accumulating property, money, and it's kind of the antithesis of the model that he gave his, he left us with to, to follow, you know. Basically, he said, go out two by two. He didn't say, go out and buy 200 acres of property yeah. and fight over it. <clears throat> True. Yeah. I don't get into too many religious discussions, but uh, right. I, I hear what you're saying for sure. Right. Yeah. Now, well, I know it's waters most people don't want to tread, but... <laughs> it's not that I don't want to tread it. It's just yeah. that uh, we probably believe some different things, but um, I don't know. It's just a discussion that gets talked about too much, I think, and it's there's a lot of other stuff that we need to talk about. But All right. I, um, I think it takes yeah, up too much I time. Think, I think when people talk about it, they find that they... Usually, generally, what I'm finding is... A lot of times, people are look are arguing over different sides of the same coin. Yeah, it's the same coin, but they're just looking at it from different perspectives, and they Absolutely. they they can't. Uh, one thing I've learned in my study of mathematics that I discovered that I didn't learn this at Somerville High School. <laughs> You know, the the fine education they have in Dorchester, too. I, somehow I, I got out of school without learning about the inclusive or. The only thing I knew about was the exclusive or, meaning it's one or the other. But the inclusive or gives you the option of both things being true at the same time. Right. So I'm kind of the one way to believe that even though we might believe different things, we believe the same thing. You're just looking at the different side of the coin and the both of what we're saying is true. Yeah. That's so, a good way to look at it. And that, that's why I don't have, I, I don't, uh, I'm not a crusader. I'm not a Bible thumper. Yeah. I'm just a. I, I think that falls in line with, you know, you know, I look, look into a lot of the Buddhism and, and Asian cultures and stuff like that, but the yin and yang of life, the, the, the up and down, the left and right. I mean, it's the, right, like you said, right. both sides of a different coin or the same coin. Right. So it's a, it's a yin and yang. It's a balance. So that's all the religious talk we'll have for this evening, but we did talk. We did talk. We didn't avoid it. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) One day I'll have, if I do some some research ahead of time and have my... All my ducks all lined up, maybe I'll have a discussion about that. Yeah. Somebody. I'm no theologian. I'm just a a hack guy. Yeah. That kind of, if it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Did we talk about... um, your stint as a school teacher the last time you were on? We I can't might remember what episode. Yeah, you yeah. Were, seven or something or eight. You were I was like nineteen or twenty three, something oh, like that. Oh, was it that yeah, far up? Yeah, 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 yeah. So somewhere in there, but um, we might have. I I was talking to somebody about that uh, but you tonight. In no, Somerville, I guess yeah. what you just said. Well, actually, I went to high school in Somerville. I didn't uh, actually graduate because I got in got in a lot of trouble. In high school, believe that or not, I wasn't. Uh, I, I would get in trouble for for cutting class and doing stuff like that, and uh, was called to the principal's office. So I don't know why in the hell I thought it would be a good idea for me to teach school, but I did, and it seemed like I got called more into the office as a teacher than I did the students. Well, what did make you decide that? You don't have a turning point that said, oh, I'm going to be a teacher. Yeah, I did. I was the first time I had open heart surgery. And uh, I was 28. And uh, this is something I don't talk about much. But when I was 28, I had a stroke. And uh, I um, 
could no longer, but I had to have open heart surgery. But there was a result of that stroke. I uh, I couldn't walk. I couldn't play guitar anymore. So it was like boom. I had no muscle memory. Okay, and so you were playing that early on. Yeah, I played from the time I was twelve till I was twenty eight. Okay. And I uh, had a stroke and I couldn't couldn't play. And so I didn't pick up the guitar for three years. But during that time, I decided to go back to school and become a teacher. So I, I uh, through that experience of uh, having that stroke, I uh, just turned my life around for the first time and, and was able to go to college for the first time um, without having to worry about money. Right. Because the Social Security Disability act uh i was able until i was able to get back to work they the government was paying me money that i paid into the social security system so i was like hey i'm 28 years old let me go go to college and i went to college and and uh taught math for seven years right i got a degree in mathematics at the college of charleston so was that always a strong suit I mean, math. Well, I was... Uh, something. I mean, did it like, change you at all? Did you have any different strengths as far as your mind after the stroke? Less well, or more? Or? It was weird because all of a sudden I could draw. Yeah. Like my, fa- my father... Stuff like that. My father was a really good artist and sculptor, but I, I suddenly we could could draw the likeness of people and portraits and stuff. And I, and I was taking a lot of math at that time, too. But the reason I chose math is because... And the English teachers out there, I apologize, but, you know, I, English is such a subjective course. In other words, if I don't write an essay to your liking, even though I might have a, a valid point and look at something in a perspective you've never even imagined, if it doesn't go along with what that English teacher wants to hear, you could get a B-plus or even worse. And so I got tired of getting B-pluses in English and in math, you're either right or wrong. There's no personality involved. It's completely objective. And right. and I figured, seeing how I piss a lot of people off, that even if I piss the math teachers off, that they, they give you what you get. You know. Yeah. Whereas I didn't find that to be my experience with English teachers in high school. If hmm. they didn't like. That's interesting. That's an interesting I, perspective. Right. And I, it's just human nature. You know. I mean. Yeah, but I can see the subjectivity of it. I never really thought of it that way, but yeah, math is finite. I mean, it's. I mean, it's it completely it objective. It's right or wrong, you know. And uh, regardless, uh, and I know for a fact because I used to teach teach it, and you have little shits in your classroom, and they get everything right. You, they get it right. I mean, not, yeah. you know, little shits like I was in high school. Not that they're little shits. But right. Might be a good reason I'm not teaching school anymore. But yeah. so, how long did you do that? Seven years. I was at uh, Estill High School one year and Berkeley High School for six, I believe, that somewhere from '95 to 2002. Yeah. And did um, did you carry that on into anything else? I mean, as far as teaching wise, I mean, did you mm. always want to teach people stuff? Or no, I was just. Um, turns out, a lot of what teaching involves has very little to do with the subject matter. I mean, you go to a lot of courses like human growth and development psychology courses, and until they throw you into that classroom on Friday at seventh period before homecoming with a bunch of 17-year-old guys that are taking ninth grade math because they failed three times, it's only baptism by fire that you learn how to teach people like that. And so... um, a lot of the skills involved in teaching and and I uh, admire teachers they make 4,000 decisions in a day whether it be can Ricky get up to sharpen his pencil to um, whether to send somebody to the office knowing that they're going to be suspended and kicked out of school it's it's a tough job but uh, has very little a lot of the skills don't involve the the actual subject matter, even though I could teach the subject. Right, it's more of a sociology experiment than it Right, I could teach the subject paper. matter, and, and believe it or not, it's the little things like uh, that took me like two years to figure out that in order to uh, for people to behave, they have to be held accountable. And when you're dealing with 15, 16-year-old kids, and all those things I used to hate in school, like, oh, sit everybody in alphabetical order. 
at the beginning of the year. Well, there's a reason for that because the only way you can hold the kids accountable is if you know their name. And when you got 35 kids in a classroom, then you got to learn their names really quick. And the quickest way to learn that is put them in alphabetical order. So it's the common sense things that I, I have no idea how to do. It took me a while to learn. I could, so that wasn't like standard curriculum then. I mean, you teach yeah, I mean, that yeah. on their own. Yeah, well, some teachers are they pass it on to you, and maybe they do. Yeah, yeah, some of them do. Yeah, and like I had a student teacher, and she, you know, the things. You know, I, I was, you know, that was a whole different person back then than I am today. I, I was blind to my own ignorance and and wouldn't take help from. But now I, you know, you, in hindsight. You learn and you say, oh, okay, that's why that person does. <laughs> it's like the old guy on the job is doing something a certain way. And you, when you're young and you're a new guy on the job, you're always looking for a different way, a better way, a quicker way. And it yeah. turns out the old man's got a reason for why he's doing that. Right. Sometimes, yeah. Some, I mean, yeah, I can relate that to the military. You know, it was always, that's just the way it's always been done, you know. Right. And I'm like. I always question that myself. I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't mean it's the best way to be done right. just because that's the way it's always been done. So there's definitely room for improvement and, and things can change and evolve and grow. And But sometimes things need to stay the same. So there has, again, that balance. You have to, to know when things are good the way they are and when things should evolve and, and get better. Right. But I don't know. Did you do music and stuff too while you were teaching or you just gave that up altogether at that point? Well... I started back with music when I started teaching. Um, I didn't pick up the guitar for three years until I was about 31. After the After the stroke. stroke. And a good friend of mine, John Crookie, who's a, a talented musician, been with Crush Tones, played all over Somerville back in the day. Um, he took the time to play with me, which was very kind of him because playing it'd be like you know professional musician playing with somebody starting out all over again i mean my mind knew where to go but my fingers wouldn't go where my mind was telling so basically basically it right, was the just connection was lost it was repetition little exercises like this yeah. at first i couldn't touch my nose yeah right definitely couldn't pass the sobriety test on the side of the road yeah that kind of thing I mean, it's, yeah it's all it's all I mean, electricity it's all synapses and right it's, it's connections broken it's well, they so had to find to each other. had to find a new one. That's yeah. the cool thing about the brain. It's like right, it'll make new connections. And it's like currents of river rivers. I mean, it flows like a river, yeah. just like if a river had a dam in it, it would find another way to get to the ocean. Right around around it. Which you know uh, goes into people that have not even had strokes. I mean, everybody can learn new things. It's just like you said, repetition. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's uh that was a, a a different time, but it, it like you say, different part of your brain. It made me focus on on my right side a lot more for some reason. I don't know. Now, do you feel like you? Well, I don't know if you had much experience, you know, before the stroke. But do you feel like you played you played better now, or you played better before? I mean, can you tell a difference? Yeah, I think I play better now because some of the best notes I play are the ones I don't. Well. Yeah. Because I, I was as a young twenty-eight-year-old goofball, I thought I was capable of more than I really was. So I would be playing all over the place. Whereas, when you, when you know you're limited, in limitations, you're more uh, tasteful about what you you attempt. Get a simple. Keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it simple, and your rhythm gets better, and everything. You know, that's how kids have survived all these years. Yeah, well, well some people. <laughs> with a few I mean, when, I think, and you see it, see it with a lot of people when they're young. You just think more is better, more is, and some you know, with music less can be a whole lot more. Right. So I mean, it changed my focus. So that was a good thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look at sculptures and everything else, right? I mean, they whittle down the the unessential uh, into the essential. Right. So that's. And, and John Crookie taught me the boom chicka boom of the the blue, bluegrass rhythm, the 
being able to play bass and guitar at the same time kind of sort of thing going on. Yeah, because that's what I've heard, right? If you can play one, you can pretty much play the other. I mean, it's right, well, chords. I, yeah, but like there's some, uh, he taught me this cool little, this uh, picking pattern where you, you, you rotate between the, the root note and another note in the chord. So you go boom, boom. You're going back and forth, boom, boom, while you're playing. You'll hear it in a lot, some of my songs. You'll hear, you know, sometimes you really don't need a bass. Yeah. But I like having the bass. It fills the bottom end up. Yeah. Or down. Now, is, is music your number one passion at this point in your life? Or, I mean, do you have other hobbies that you enjoy? What do you do outside of music, I guess, is what I'm asking. I don't know. Because um, really, I've, all, I've only ever seen you do this, you know, music. I do music. I uh, have a small business that's uh, my father left behind. That's a calibration business that I, I've uh, pretty much kind of uh, put it in other people's hands while I was working working at St. Paul's. But uh, now that that's gone, I'll focus back over there. And uh, at the beginning of the year, but uh, I'm. I just want to write music and and do the stuff I'm doing and see what happens, you know. Um, I don't need a whole lot. Yeah. It would help if I didn't, you know. <laughs> Once my daughter graduates from college, it'll be real. That was my plan to go full-time with music then, but... Right. And where is she going? The University of South Carolina. So now you I... You said you went to College Charleston? Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna make a couple notes here so I don't forget some stuff that we're talking about. But that's all right. Because um, I don't have an intern or anybody else working for me, you know. So I got to do all. This You're stuff. your own intern. I got to do all this stuff myself, man. You know how it goes. Yes. Revelry Brewing. Do they still have music up top there? Um, you know, I've never seen any music up top. Um. Oh, I haven't either. I've actually only seen it in the bottom one right. time. Right, the, the two or three times I've seen music over there, it's been in the bottom. I'm, I would think they've got to do something on the rooftop. I mean, it would it would be stupid not to. And maybe even have something up and down, I would think. At right, least well, that's what I would do if I owned the place, you know. Yeah. Have maybe a little more flamingo-type uh, acoustic-style thing going upstairs and maybe a plugged-in downstairs. I saw a 40-mile detour down downstairs as well. The only time I've ever been there, I think. Yeah. I can't remember who I've seen there. I've seen the Ands there, actually, when they were still together back in the day. Uh, matter of fact, Slayton Johnson, you know, he does the music for the show at the moment. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you got some contention with that, but... No. No? No. No. It was a it was a vote. It was a vote. Oh. Oh, you're talking about the intro thing? Yeah, the intro and outro. Oh, no, 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 no. But, um, yeah, I saw those guys there. Um... Reverie. I don't get down there that much. You know, everything downtown is kind of, it's too far, man. Yeah. You know, they got the Edmonds O's down there now, the Munkles down there, Fatties, Tradesmen. Uh, Reverie, of course, has, has been down there for a while. Cooper River. There's a bunch of great breweries down there, but they're just, just too far of a drive. And then you got to drive back. That's the biggest problem, you know. Yeah. So, I'll see Uber in your future. It's true. I, I, I was thinking about starting my own own transport service what's it gonna be called goober <laughs> goober <laughs> yeah I'll, uh, I'm your goober driver yeah. yeah you think that'll take off I think I get it see I could probably get away with play a gig downtown but then I got all my stuff packed up in the back so I, that's the one part I haven't figured out which seems like it'd be go good with gigging yeah and get all the all the people home safely. Yeah, I mean, if you could get some customers on the way down to the gig, that'll pay pay yeah. your gas on the way down there, and then uh-huh. you get paid for the gig, and then you can take some people back home. And uh-huh. You're making double the money. Double dipping, goober. Goober. <laughs> Went for it in 2019. 2019. You got some stuff. I mean, what are you talking about in 2019? You got some big plans. No, well, we're we're hoping that the, they finish across the street. You can't see that over there, but no, I want to try to continue to establish some. 
I've been really trying to establish a a bona fide listening room. Right. Well, let's backtrack for one second. We'll, we'll get to the listening room. What are you doing currently? Currently? I, mean, I know you do here. Oh, I do. I do. Um, I mean, where can people find Fleming Moore at the moment? Well, where, where you can find me at www.flemingmore.com. Right. You can find me at Facebook, at The Real Flem Shady, Instagram, Fleming Moore, Twitter, Fleming Moore. Um, tomorrow night, I'm at Bowties on James Island. That's December 28th. It would have been my father's 90th birthday. I just realized that. But uh, I'll be there tomorrow night. But the next time I'm in Somerville playing with the, with the guys in a band will be uh, January 9th at, at Coastal Coffee Roasters. No, excuse me, January 12th. My bad, it's March 9th. It's January 12th at Coastal Coffee Roasters. And I got Acoustic Music Monday going on at Wine and Tapas from 6 to 9. And I've talked to you guys at Homegrown Brew House about trying to establish a bona fide listening room and kind of uh, maybe get Bummerville Amphitheater and Craft Conversation to join forces and see if we can't get... On Wednesday night you were talking. Yeah, on Wednesday night, and uh, and then through that, we've got Robert Lighthouse coming in February, and Danielle Howe. Danielle Howe, why does that name sound familiar? Because Danielle is one of the greatest songwriters from Charleston. Well, she's not originally from Charleston, I believe she's from the PD area, maybe Lake City or somewhere out there. Forgive me, Danielle, for not knowing exactly where yeah, you, you hail from. But she's from the PD area, I believe, of South Carolina. But she's a pretty uh, infamous songwriter in South Carolina. She's nationally recognized, internationally. To her H O W L E. Oh, that's not how to spell it. Yeah, so she's agreed to do a house concert on March 16th. The exact location of that. Uh, has not been established, but I'm I'm looking for a, a place to have that uh, either be at my house or if maybe not somebody else's house or maybe right here at Homegrown Brew House. Who knows? Right. But uh, when we get closer to that, but Robert Lighthouse, I definitely, if we can pull it off, would like to bring him back there and do a little private show. And the reason I'd like to do the private show, these these musicians I'm talking about, they travel and have to earn a living. So if, if you sell 20 tickets for 20 bucks and and they, they make $200, $400 in a night, that's really good. It helps them get on to to where they need to go. So right. that that's the whole, the whole idea behind Bummerville Amphitheater was to empower musicians. So... I'm still right. on that quest, and uh, not me, but other musicians, you know. That's, uh, yeah. And the best way to empower people, I think, is with money and let them make the decisions they need to make for their careers. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> Who all's involved with Bummerville Amphitheater? Do you right mean? now? <laughs> yeah, just right now it's me. We're hanging on by a thread, but uh, we're, uh, you know, Mark has been involved with it. We need to have a board meeting and get that all straightened out and uh, figure out what we're going to do right. with that. But uh, things are happening in Somerville with the music scene, and I'm happy about that. When we started about five years ago, it was, it was people... Uh, the opportunities that local musicians had were few and far between and it was like a lot of people always saying oh we got a place it would be good exposure yeah. you know musicians always say oh you play here it's good exposure well that, that don't buy you new strings no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I wasn't here five years ago but I know in the I guess around four years I've been here I've seen it definitely grow for sure I mean it, 
For sure, in the last couple of years, more so than than the than the previous two before that, I think right. I think it's um, grown quite quite a bit. And you're at Honky Tonk Saloon too, right? Every Thursday, yeah. But so what I'd like to do here on on Wednesday is is get the local musicians together and and give them a little space in the listening room and have music out here f- for people and just. Uh, so on Wednesday, so have people develop their skills. You know, mostly songwriters. And there's some free people out here, and then you got maybe a, a, a pay-per-view type thing going in the back. Is that what you're? Or, or no, if we did have a house concert on Wednesdays, it'd just be a meetup and and play. But okay, have a pick and pop here. Yeah, out here and uh, kind of like what we're doing with Acoustic Music Monday, and uh, just bring it in here. I. I I know that there's a group of uh, of really good pickers, mandolin players, and I'd like to get some some of that going on. Some different, you know, you something unique. Some yeah. some. You think there's a niche for that? Yeah, there absolutely, absolutely. I I know. Uh, like, I don't know if you've heard of the Low Hills or not. No. Uh. Booney Bevins, have you heard of Booney? She's a local local girl that's got a, a, an, an angel voice. <laughs> but anyway, her father plays mandolin, and a buddy of mine, Ricky Harmon, a good good bluegrass player. And I just some of the people that I used to pick with, the, maybe get them picking back there and and have a a more folksy kind of you know. There's enough. You know, I love blues and everything, but maybe something to fit so that niche. Maybe once a month type thing. Maybe I don't know. I should be, be up to y'all. We'll we'll figure that out. But uh, we'll start off with just letting them know. I'd like some stand up comedy, but that's I'm I'm weird about stuff like that. I I would like no, to see some before, you know have a Wednesday. With many people, there's no comedy places in town. I mean, yeah, one or two joints, but but see if you had a. Nothing, definitely in Somerville. Yeah, they had a little listening room established back there. It could be stand-up, late-night stand-up or stand-up on Wednesdays. You know, have a different theme for a Wednesday. Yeah. Would be cool. It would be. I you, mean, know. you know, there's a lot more minds involved than, than just us two, obviously. But right. Stuff to think about and ponder. Right. But, no, I'm, I'm down. I mean, I... I would love for Somerville to have a, a comedy spot somewhere you could go to to get some live oh. local comedy acts and even national, you know. Maybe right, right. Well, yeah, absolutely. Through and just stop in for a 15, 20 minute set or something, you know. Right. A big name. Absolutely. That is. Um... I mean, it happens all the time on the West Coast. You know, we need to make an East Coast. Right. And in New York, you know, places up. up up north have some some joints up there where people stop in national acts and stuff but yeah it'd be nice to have something in Somerville for sure I don't know what the scene is well this how, how many local people you be some people would come out I mean you have Flower Town players right down the street here I bet you there's at least three or four improv people there yeah that uh could do it yeah. My wife actually would be great at it if I could get her to do it. But really? Yeah, I I, I film. Uh, I could get in trouble. I I, <laughs> I videotape her on my phone, but she won't. She's smart. She's not on, never been on Facebook. Will never go on Facebook. Has no, barely any cyber footprint at all in the world. She could actually could be a spy. But uh, if I ever put putting any of her stuff on Facebook she'd kill me so I, I, I don't do it out of respect but anyway she's funny as hell really yeah I'll show you something after we're done <laughs> to make you, right. I think I'll I can actually actually could start a YouTube channel that would go viral with her if she let me do it she won't no you've asked her no I even tried to get her to come up here tonight and she almost did and then she backed out Oh, like to sing something or no? Just to you know, come up and hang out with us, and uh, because if you can ever get her to start talking, then but she's just extremely shy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how long I've known you guys, but I've, I think I've heard maybe six words. Right. Yeah, right. But she's uh, once she gets talking, boys, something else. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, that's something I'm going to write that down, actually. Stand-up comedy. Not that I haven't thought about it before. But right. Well, uh, you the one that planted the seed in my head, and I won't let it go. Stand-up comedy. All right. Well. All right. Let's talk about what I'm drinking here, I guess. People want to know sometimes, you know. I don't know. I'm drinking out of a dogfish head uh, glass because I'm drinking a dogfish head beer. This is... Um, Dogfish Head 60-Minute IPA. Let's uh, pour it up here a second ago. Let me take a look. Bear with me here, Fleming. Now, it is Dogfish, dogfish the name head. of a brewery, and it has nothing to do with the shape of that glass. It's just Dogfish is engraved on that glass. Is that what you're right. trying to? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a glass that they specifically designed, I believe. I believe this is Dogfish Head's design for glass. I'm not positive on that. I might have to look it up, but I'm not going to do it today. But okay, this just, is a glass that they're well known for. It's an IPA glass. I think they came up with. Okay, well then maybe my intuition is on. It's got yeah, a, so a unique shape, and it's a dogfish. Right. Glass. They're out of uh, Milton, Delaware. Uh, started in June uh, 1995. They've been around for a long time. This 60-minute IPA is continuously hopped. More than 60 hop additions over a 60-minute boil. Getting a vibe of where the name came from. 60 Minute is brewed with a slew of great Northwest hops. A powerful but balanced East Coast IPA with a lot of citrusy hop character is the season, or I'm sorry, it's the session beer for hardcore enthusiasts. And it's, uh, it's pretty damn tasty. It's got uh, 6% alcohol, 60 IBUs, which are international bittering units. So that kind of tells you roughly how bitter the beer is going to be. It's got an average rating of 3.87. So, that takes care of that. The craft, conversation part of the craft. So, would you... You're drinking a flat water. Would that. you consider yourself a hardcore enthusiast? I don't think I consider myself hard, hardcore enthusiast. Isn't that what they said just there? Yeah, that's what they said. Hardcore enthusiast. I would say enthusiast for sure, but... I'm not hardcore. I don't get all bent out of shape about a lot of stuff that uh, some of these hardcore guys get bent out of shape about. Would you like to share some of your experiences with? Are <laughs> <laughs> no, you sure? Yeah. I don't want to name any names. Caleb Taylor. Oh, I'm sorry. Nah. I didn't say that. So, what is your favorite? Well, I mean, tell me this. You went up to. Since we've talked last, you've uh, you've been to New York for something, right? Yeah. What did you do up there? I don't remember what I don't even remember what you went up there for. Something. I needed. Recording to, or? I had to catch the subway. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I went up there to record a vinyl, a little through Reverb Nation. I entered a contest, and they invited me up there to the studio to cut some vinyl tracks, and so I did that. Right. For the experience. It was uh, kind of a niche thing. I'd like to release a vinyl. Was that a paid trip, or you had to? You had no, to well, I had to pay my way there, but the studio time was was free, and it was you know it was a way for them to make money, and I made money too. So I mean, it, the trip kind of paid for, paid for itself since I drove. But uh, the deal was, I sold sold some vinyl before I even got there, so you know they could pre-order it you know, sent it out and I had pre orders for it. So they I got fifty percent of all the revenue from the the recordings they made and so I that more than paid for the gas and I got I have like eight free vinyls. It's kind of a unique thing because <clears throat> you're doing it live. So each track is this individual master, which means it's the one and only of its kind in the world. And uh so what uh, I have those and I'm going to eventually sell the eight that I have but um, I was going to get my wife and maybe Caleb Choir to do some paintings for each track that will go along with the uh, the vinyl and, and sell them at a premium you know rather but I'm, I'm in no hurry for that it's kind of like uh, a bottle of wine they're only going to get better you know, over time. Very cool. 
And you say you entered a contest. Entered a contest, sent it off, and they said, after about a thousand, uh, we had to make some really tough choices. Unfortunately, template letters, I got one that said, congratulations. Yeah. And so that was cool. And, but, and I, I, it was fun. I just, it, it was kind of uh, made me regret not just setting out in my 20s and, and having the courage to go out and, and do that because I was hanging out in the village and saw what was the young people there from NYU hanging out. And uh, <clears throat> anyway... I was like a fossil in, in the bar <laughs> compared to those But it was fun. It was kind of fun watching them because they they think they're all original and they're all this stuff, but they're, every single girl had the same same body language yeah. in, in, the, in the little clique that was going on there in the New York scene. So it was like, oh, well. Right. But uh, it was... If you were to, if you were to go, if you were to go back in time and you, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this question here. Where would you go? Where would be your go-to to make it big? I, mean, I, I would go like, to the village. Austin or, I'd go know, to village in New York, man. Village, New York. Yeah, New, Greenwich Village, right in right in that area, and, and break in there. I mean, that's why there versus you know Louisiana or Memphis my, or Nashville. Or, because of the the content of my stuff, you know, my uh, I sing a lot about social injustice, right? And that tends to uh, either offend people or they like it. And uh, in this part of the country, it tends to offend more people than they like. So yeah, I've kind of witnessed that a little bit. Yeah, it's it's like either they love it or but I I don't let that, you know. You got to play to the venue. I realize that, but every once in a while, I could always tell when somebody. Yeah, you hate you have to do that, but you kind of do, don't you? I mean, yeah. You want to stay relevant and stay. Right, right. Well, you got to play. It depends where you are, but typically you got to. You got very few. You got to tend to. Not doing it that way. Yeah, you got to cater to the masses, and and people tend to like what they've already heard. As we were <clears throat> talking about earlier, change is not not what we like, and so when people hear things they they haven't heard before, some but sometimes a good melody and a hook line can o- overcome all that. Uh, but like tonight, what I was going to say, people, I'll, I'll play something you know political. Or jokingly, or whatever, the song I was doing tonight, and somebody came up to me afterward and said, "You know that song you did before you played the political song? I really liked it." That was their way of telling me they didn't like the, polit- <laughs> the political shit. So, yeah. but yeah, it's not harsh. It's just yeah. Yeah, I, everything has its place All for right. sure. Like I said, there's very few people that have gotten away with always being against the grain. But there are some people that can can pull it off and do it, and I think you do it pretty well. Yeah. As well. Yeah, I trust. Right. Well, I, I don't uh, look here. It's humanity above everything. Humanity above religion. Humanity definitely above politics. So, regardless of what you believe, what God you worship, who you voted for president, you're a human being, right. and, and I'm right. called I'm called to love you. Yeah. I'm not called to like you. I'm called to love you, and there's, you know, I can love you without liking you. I, 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 I know how to detach and love people, man. I've had to do it, had to do it to, to escape my family life. You know, I, I love my my family, but I can't be around them all the time. Yeah, I mean, we're all here together. We're not going anywhere. Right. We might as well get along, or at least try to. Right. It doesn't make any sense not to. And and what's funny is this little town here, though, we're we're getting ready to get it going again, I can tell you right now, for 2019. That's what's happening in 2019, the mayor race. Yeah. 
I at one time thought about putting my hat in that race, but I wouldn't dare do it right now. Well, if I just could find a few backers, Slim Shady <laughs> would run for mayor. And I promise you one thing, I'd fix the time. No more daylight saving time in the town of Somerville. <laughs> So if you want me for your mayor and you don't like say like savings time, then vote for me. Write me in. Yeah, I'll be down with that. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. fix the time. Yeah. No, I actually I think if one more person entered the race, how many people are in it now? Three. So if we get one more person in the mayor race, and basically, if we had a mayor like mayor. Berlin G. Myers, the only time he really got involved in it is when he had to uh, to uh, break the tie. So if we had, and that's the way it's set up now with with the uh, the council form of government that the referendum referendum they voted on. So basically, you need a King Solomon up there that can break the tie. So I could do that. I don't we really don't have to know anything. Find somebody who could write a good budget for the town, and whenever they can't agree on it, it's a it would say a four four tie or whatever it is. The mayor comes in and breaks the tie. Otherwise, he doesn't. I have no agenda other than I want to. <laughs> other than I want to fix daylight savings time. So I'm the perfect guy. I'm not. I, I don't have any development. No roads or anything. No. Or no or development. No infrastructure. No, I'm all for that. I'm just saying I have no no agenda as far as development's concerned. Right. So so write me in, Flim Shady for mayor. All right. We'll start a petition. Yeah. And when when's the last time you can go to to file to be mayor? I have no idea. I wonder if it helped my musical career if I <laughs> <laughs> if I ran for mayor. It wouldn't hurt. Oh, you know what the day is the anniversary of? It was five years ago today that I left my harmonica case in Hutchinson Square and they shut down the whole town for a bomb scare. Because of a harmonica case? Yeah, I left my harmonica case right across the street. Some lady saw a guitar string hanging out of it, mistake it for a wire, went to the fire department. Governor Haley at the time was informed they brought the sled bomb unit down. They shut the whole square down. I woke up in the morning to Facebook's Fleming, and you missing something? And it was like, I had no idea. They'd shut the whole three blocks around this place, the square down. And in the paper, I'll, I'll send you the link. It was you like, I got it made the front page of this journal scene. <laughs> my, my harmonica case did. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll and you're post. Still leaving harmonicas all over the place. I got two of them over here. Well, so them. I'll send you the link on. Fa I'll, I'll post that on Facebook. It was one of my memories this morning. It was wow. Five yeah, years. It's it called that. Bomb Scare. It was the headline yeah, in the General Wilson. Instagram. When this is the Bomb Scare <laughs> episode. Yeah. But it That's was a good one. Yeah. It, it was <laughs> funny. <laughs> the it, it was like. What was even worse about it is I had to go back and claim my harmonica case from the police. And that was the scary part because they almost didn't let me out there for a while. I went to go <laughs> right. went to go well, get it. I, you've got three warrants on you. Well, I wasn't worried about that part. I was worried about, you know, like they thought I did it on purpose, and I said no, no, you know. I said no. Were you just out performing well, in the square? We were picking like with bluegrass people. Yeah. And I I set it down by the bench, and forgot about it, and some kid. And her mom were walking through there, and I said, oh. Yeah. And they called the fire department over, and that was when they. It's amazing. Well, you know, the good thing was, ever since then, since all those police guys got paid overtime, probably cost the town $10,000. Mm -hmm. oh, no, I don't see any it did, but they got to, got to um, use their toys. I mean, they you know, got the to drill you know like it's a bomb they probably yeah. take advantage of it and, yeah. and use it as a training opportunity yeah. so not every there's good in everything if you look for it yeah. there's always a silver lining right yeah well on that note we're about 50 minutes in I think we should maybe take a pause real quick right set up and play a couple tunes sure sounds good to me we'll do it we'll be right back ladies and gentlemen and uh, cisgender and 
all the other pronouns, whatever's going on out there. All right, and we're back, guys. So we're going to have uh, Mr. Fleming Moore sing a couple tunes for us. A couple? Whatever. All right, we'll do a couple things, and uh, yeah, enjoy this. The bishop wears a mitre, professing his authority. He lives high on the hall, in the lap of luxury. His priests swear an oath to follow him wherever he leads. He walks with a rod and a staff, but they don't comfort me. God forgive him, he knows not what he's done Ignorance is blissful and the devil's in everyone God forgive him, he knows not what he's done It's just the scales in his eyes that are blocking out the sun High up in the pulpit, the priest looks down on his flock. He's preaching from his Bible, brother, he talks the talk. With his collar and his cossack, he's dressing the part. God knows if it's the money or love ruling his heart. God forgive him, he knows not what he's done Ignorance is blissful and the devil's in everyone God forgive him, he knows not what he's done It's just the scales in his eyes that are blocking out the sun Sexton unlocks the church door He helps bury the dead Brother, he mops the floors Out in the graveyard He labors alone Where his heart grows weary Hard and cold among the tombstones God forgive him, he knows not what he's done Ignorance is blissful and the devil's in everyone God forgive him, he knows not what he's done It's just the scales in his eyes that are blocking out the sun Neath the shadow of the steeple, an obelisk is standing tall. It's a monument to men who fought and died in the Civil War. No words of repentance or mention of slavery. An abomination of man whitewashing their history. 
God forgive them, he knows not what they've done Ignorance is blissful and the devil's in everyone God forgive them, they know not what they've done It's the scales in their eyes that are blocking out the sun it's the scales in their eyes that are blocking out the sun. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Right. See something here. What was the name of that one again? Blocking out the sun. Blocking out the sun. Blocking out the sun. Blocking out the sun. Gotcha. Blocking out, not seeing the sun. I'm going to switch cameras here. Yeah, I'll do one more. This right. one's called Walk by Faith. Walk by Faith. Fleming Moore. The river is dark, deep and wide. Somehow I've got to make it to the other side The road's been rough, it's deep, it winds Through the hills and valleys of the mountains we climb The mystery of life is written in the stars It's on the palm of our hands, it's in our hearts I hear my mother telling me Walk by faith, not by what we see I work a job, I earn a wage I toil in the soil, I mark the graves the dearly departed who've gone their way in the hope of being raised on the last day. The mystery of life is written in the stars, it's on the palm of our hands, it's in our hearts. I hear my mother telling me. Walk by faith, not by what you see In the valley of the shadow of a setting sun I'll be shrouded in darkness when that hour comes Still in the dark, asleep in the night In the hope of rising in the morning light mystery of life is written in the stars, it's on the palm of our hands, it's in our hearts. I hear my mother telling me, walk by faith, not by what you see. Walk by faith, not by what you see.
man. All Fantastic. Groovy. Right. I loved it. We got no video here at the end, but uh, that's all right. That's okay. It's been fun, man. All right, thanks. We're about an hour in. Yeah, it's about... <laughs> it's about time about, to wrap up, man. About it's time a late wrap. night. It sure has been a late day. It's been a late night. I All appreciate right. you uh, doing this. We're at Homegrown Brew House, 117 South Main Street. Your connection for local live music in Somerville. Absolutely. Homegrown in 2019. You got it. Yeah, man. Fleming, I appreciate your time. Drink local. Listen local. Vote for Flim Shady Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon.